Come on, is God good today? 2022, what's up? God is so good. He has gotten us here. You know, as we were singing that song, uh, actually in the first service, um, I just kind of got this, this overwhelming uh, sense of, of all access. You know, all access sounds great, doesn't it? Like, most things that are all access, usually you have to pay a little more to get all access. And as I was thinking about all access, I was thinking about how God is an all access God. He says to us, I'm faithful so you can be faithful. I'm all access so you can give me all access. The hard part is giving him all access. Saying, all right, God, the answer is yes. I, my, my family and I just went and spent time with, with, with my extended family. And uh, I got to hang out with my niece. Her name's Savannah. We call her Savvy. And um, she's two. And I remember the first time that she visited me at my house. Um, she was born in 2020. And so she's already special. Come on, somebody. And when she was at my house, I looked at her and I said, Savvy, at my house, whatever you ask, the answer is yes. Whatever you ask, the answer is yes. And guess what now? Now I have that girl right here, right around my finger. Because even at two years old, she understands the word yes. I want you to know today that there's no greater person to say yes to than the one that created you. And when we say yes to God, he says, all right, here's some more, here's some more, here's some more, here's some more. And Jesus said, I have come to give you life more abundant. In order to get to abundance, we have to learn to say yes to God. But there's fear, there's doubt, there's unpopularity. Whatever it is, there are things always in the way of us saying yes to God. But when we learn to say yes, the answer is abundant. One of the ways that we get to say yes to God, and one of the ways that he actually tells us to challenge him in, is in the area of our treasure. He said, test me in the area of your treasure. And so we believe in the concept of, of, of tithing at the refuge. We, we give back to God 10% of whatever he, that's all he asks for. He says, I own a, the cattle on a thousand hills. I own 100%, but all I ask you for is 10. That's a good return, ladies and gentlemen. And so for us, we believe in obedience. And when we say yes in the area of our finance, guess what? The answer is 
abundance. You see, everyone wants abundance without sacrifice. They want abundance without the yes. With God, there is no abundance without the yes. And so we believe in giving back to the church because the Bible says that the church is the body of Christ. And so to give back to God, we give to the church. And if the Refuge Church is, is where you want to do that, we invite that because we invite obedience. We're always going to challenge people to obedience. And so you can do that in three ways. One, online, refugemain.church slash give. Or, and that goes to our website, you can follow the buttons and things like that. Or you can do it in person. We're not going to take an offering because COVID. Like, no one's going to pass an, on, an offering plate anymore. And so, um, but we have, we have black boxes that you can drop a gift into. If, if you'd rather write a check, make it out to the Refuge Church, drop it in the black box. And, or you could text 77296. And it'll send you a text back, and it'll ask you how much you want to give, and you can give there. It's not about your money. It's about your obedience. Because God can reward you far greater than we can. We're going to go to God in prayer and ask him to bless the tithes and the offerings today. But we're going to ask him to bless you as well. You know, I, I believe that God has a, has a message that he wants to get to you today. That's why you came through these doors. Because God drew you here. And, and God wants to tell you something today. I don't know what that is. I've got about 20 minutes worth of notes to, to get it done. <laughs> but we're going to go to God in prayer. If you bow, God, I thank you so much. That we get to do this. God, we get to be available to, a, to an all-access God. We get to be available to you, and when, when we're available to you, the answer is abundant. So God, today I pray special blessing and favor over each home that is represented here. God, I pray special blessing and favor on every person that, that gives because it's what your word promises, not because, because, because of money, but it's because you tell us. You give us permission to test you in the area of our finances. God, your word says where your treasure is, your heart is also. I pray today that our hearts would be with you. Father, I pray that you would bless this word that you've given me to speak to the hearts of people that we all need to hear. God, we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Do me a favor. Give someone a fist bump, knuckle bump, pat on the back, kiss on the cheek. If it's appropriate, you can kiss each other on the cheek. All right. And then find your seats if you would. Thank you so much for being here. I love it when I hear names from the stage. I hear people introducing themselves, and that means new friends are being formed. And that is such a, such a great, great blessing. Um, isn't God good? Come on, 2022? We made it to 2022? You didn't think you'd get through 2020, but you made it to 2022. And it's not 2020 T-O-O. -O. 
It's 2020 TWO. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Come on, somebody, right? It's going to be a great year. I believe that God's got the best year for you if you just remain available. Last week, we talked about, um, about abiding in, in God and abiding in Christ. That um, John chapter 5, uh, verse 15 says, um, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I'll abide in you. And we talked about abiding last week. If you missed last week's message or any of the previous messages, you go to refugemain.church slash messages and you can listen to those. I believe that last week's message will give you the best year of your life if you learn how to abide in Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a great year. Not, not for the Refuge Church, although that would be pretty awesome. But for Adam Harold, I want this to be the best year of my life. Because I know if I have the best year of my life, hopefully you will have the best year of your life. But it's, it, I'm going to do it by abiding in him. And, and I preached that message last week. I'm not going to preach it today. But abide in Christ this week, this year. And you'll have the absolute best year of your life. And uh, one of the ways that we, as a church, abide in, in Christ is we practice something that we call 21 days of prayer. And we do it twice a year. Um, the first part of the year, we do it in January. And then the, the next one we'll do in September. Uh, because we've just come out of a pretty selfish season, right? Christmas can be selfish even though we give and things like that. It's just consumption and Man, I ate a lot of cookies this Christmas. Come on, somebody, right? Like, we consume, we consume, we consume. And, and so it's all about consumption. But at the end, so at the beginning of the year, we want to we give our, our first fruits back to God. We want to give him our, our, our time. And so we do what's called 21 days of prayer. We believe in, in praying and fasting. And the reason we, we pray is to connect to God, we pray to him and we, we ask him so that we can connect to him. But we fast, which means to go without, to go without food, to go without social media, to go without whatever it is you want to fast. And we give that up in order to disconnect from this world. So we pray to connect to God. We fast to disconnect from the world. And we've been doing this for five years. We've been doing this since we started as a church. In fact, we did it before we started. We started the church in March. In the year that we started the church, we did it as a team in January. And it was, it was so awesome to watch people that had never fasted before to give something up. And um, in order to disconnect from the world. And so um, we're getting ready to do that starting next Sunday, January 9th. And we'll go to January the 29th. Now, every day, Monday through Friday, we'll meet right here in this room at 6 a.m. For anybody that wants to come, we'll come, we'll pray together, and, um, and then it, it'll last about an hour, and then, and then we'll go to about our day. And we do it at 6 a.m. so that you can have time before work if you want to swing by. Um, so from 6 to 7 a.m. we'll have prayer. And then on Saturdays at 9 a.m. we'll meet, because no one wants to get up at 6 a.m. on Saturday, right? So, so we'll have it at 9 a.m., and then on January the 27th, we're hosting uh, what's called 
uh, Prayer Day 2022 with, uh, in connection with the Association of Related Churches, which helped us start this church, uh, also known as ARC. And, um, and it's a national, every, um, you know, churches across America will, will host uh, Prayer Day 2022. And um, our team is going to be available and ready to, for people to pray. But you're invited. Um, at at t- uh, 9 a.m. actually, I had a I went back and looked at the website. It's actually 9 a.m. Um, on January 27th. It's going to be starting next Sunday, which I believe this 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 Sunday and this week is going to be pretty awesome too. But starting next Sunday, 21 days of prayer is going to be a special time, and it's going to transform you if you allow it to. If you allow it to, but we have to allow it to. And we're ta- speaking of transformation, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, in the book of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that's where we're going to be at today. Um, if you want to follow along with today, today's notes, they are available in the YouVersion Bible app. It's the number one most downloaded Bible app in the world. And it is, um, you can go to YouVersion, download the app in your, uh, on your device, in the, in the Google Play or Apple, t- iTunes, uh, App Store, whatever it is. Just, if you just type Bible, it's going to be there. Um, you can download that app, and then you can go into the events portion and um, select the Refuge Church, and all of today's notes will be there. If you feel like going to the church down the road, you can select that one too. His notes are probably better than mine, so um, maybe get, get a little bit more for your, more for your money this morning. Um, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We're beginning a series today that I'm super excited about. I'm calling it the, the things that shape you. The things that shape you. Now, in the notes, you'll, you'll notice I actually put um, the views that shape you, but I've, I've decided to change it because it's not necessarily the view. Everyone has a worldview. And the fact of the matter is there are things in our lives that shape our worldview. And, and so um, there are things that have shaped us. And so over the next three weeks after today, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about those specific things that shape us. I think that, that experience shapes us. I think that education shapes us. And I think that um, esteem shapes us, meaning that the people that we look up to shapes us. And so we're going to look at those three things over the next three weeks. But today I want to introduce you introduce to you God's plan for what should shape us. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says this in the English Standard Version. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. When we present our bodies to God, it is our worship to him. It's our spiritual worship to him. Verse 2 is where we find our focus. Do not conform to the world, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Our focus, again, is verse 2. Now, if I had a big idea for this entire series, I I would want to communicate this to us. And the big idea for the whole series is God doesn't want us to conform. God doesn't want us to conform. God wants us to transform. 
God doesn't want us to conform. God wants us to transform. And hopefully if I do my job today, I'll explain to you the difference between conforming and transforming. But in order to understand Romans, uh, especially chapter 12, we have to understand the context of what's going on. We have to understand, um, like, context in Scripture especially, in, in any book, is, is knowing the audience, it's knowing the culture, it's knowing the time, it's knowing the language, it's everything that surrounds what's being written. And so we have to understand what's going on in the book of Romans. Now, the book of Romans was written by a guy by the name of Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, um, some might call him St. Paul, right? So the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Romans. He actually wrote most of the New Testament. And so a lot of times, like if you, if you come to the refuge very often, I was just thinking about this the other day, actually. If you come to the refuge very often, you might think, man, this guy really likes the Apostle Paul. He talks, he, he, he preaches on a lot of his books. And it's like, well, no, I just like the Bible, <laughs> right? Because he wrote, you know, most of the New Testament. And so it's what we have to, to rely on. And so um, he's writing the book of Romans to a group of, of Christians that are found in the city of Rome, right? So he's writing Christians in the city of Rome. Uh, which, which one of the things that, that's really cool is, like, Rome's not renamed some other city. Like, we still, we still have Rome. Like, you can go to the city of Rome. Like, if you, you can't go to the city of Babylon, right? But you can go to the city of Rome. And so, so it's, it's, like, the thing that I love about the Bible is when you compare the things in God's Word to history books, guess what? It really happened. It really happened. And so you can go into history and you can see that what was happening when Paul wrote to the, book of, to, the, to the Christians in Rome, that it was really happening. And what's happening here is there's an emperor by the name of Claudius. Again, go to the history books. Claudius really was an emperor in, this, in, in Rome. And so he goes, so, so Claudius is the emperor of Rome in about AD 49. So 49 years after Jesus died, he's, he's, um, he's ruling in Rome. And what Claudius does was mind-blowing. He signs a law that Jewish people were not welcome in Rome. And so if you lived in Rome, think about this. You're a Jewish person living in, this, in, in, in Rome, and what happens is you have to move because it's now against the law for you to live in Rome. And so Claudius signs this law that says no, no, no Jews are allowed to live here. And so the Jews leave. They leave Rome. And they're gone for five years. And in AD 54, a guy by the name of Nero became emperor. And Nero says... Claudius, I don't know what he was thinking, but the Jews are welcome here. And so he signs the law, overturns it, and Jews are now welcome back in Rome. <laughs> now what happens when you're gone from home for five years? You begin to, to think differently. Like you hang around different, different people. 
you go and you're introduced to other ideas. You're introduced to other things. Some of you may, may have left home for a little while. Maybe you went to college or, or something like that. And you come home and what do people say to you? You're different. Because of whatever reason, you're different. And so people left Rome, Jew, the Jews, the Christian Jews left Rome. They came back five years later and the Christians, what did they do? They went to church and they came back together. But what had happened was some of them had started to conform. They had started to become like the people that they were with. And they started to change. And so the church that was once unified was now divided because of the five years that they were away from each other. And so the Apostle Paul writes this, the, the church in Rome. And in, ver- in chapter 12, he gets to the part where he says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. And so there are three very important words in verse 2 especially that I want to look at today. The first one is the word conform. The word conform. Paul is writing to the people in Rome and he's saying, don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're going to talk about the word conform. In English, the word conform, it simply means to be similar to or the same as something. To be similar to or the same as something. Now, the definition of the Greek word for, um, for conform, I love it. It actually means to fashion oneself. Now, to fashion oneself. When I think of fashion, I think of my fit today, right? All the kids say, say the fit. Right? My outfit. Parents were, oh, that's what that means. I've got teenagers. <laughs> so, so my fit today, right? It looks good. Like I, got, I got on the new Jordan 3s that my pastor bought me. Like he, he, he was, he's like, dude, you need help. Here you go. And so, so I think of, of my fit. And I think of, like, especially when he was younger, not anymore. <laughs> But when he was younger, my son, you know who he wanted to dress like? Me. He wanted to dress like me, believe it or not. Now he doesn't. Because now he's a teenager. And a lot of little boys grow up wanting to dress like their dad. Wanting to fashion themselves after their dad. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you with me? And so they would fashion themselves to look like something else. And so the word conform, it means with something. You see, there has to be, with conformity, there has to be a union with something else. You can't just conform by yourself. You have to conform to something else. And so to conform, there has to be something else involved. What does Paul say is involved? The world, this world, now this is what's interesting to me. The world, uh, or the word this world, in the original language, it doesn't mean this, this place known as, known as the universe. It doesn't mean this place. It means this time. It's talking about a time, not a place. 
And what that's telling me is it's not talking about the place of the earth, but it's talking about the time as in the culture. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, do not be in union with culture. Don't be in union with culture. Don't be like culture. Don't become like culture. But be transformed. Don't be, in unif- don't be unified with a period of time, but be unified or be transformed. So let's talk about the word transform. Are you with me? The word transform in English means to change in composition or structure. Now, this is where I, I geek out a little bit, or should I say Greek out a little bit, right? Because it's written in Greek. I told that joke in the first service, and they were like, don't tell that in the second service. Do not tell that in the second service. I told it in the second service, and, it, and you laughed just like they did. You didn't. So I get a little, a little excited when I talk about the Greek word that Paul uses to use the word trans, that's translated to be transformed here. And it's, um, it's the word metamorphal. Metamorphal, and what it means, it means, uh, or, or uh, does it sound like another English word to you, in, uh, science teachers? It sounds like the word metamorphosis, right? Because it's where we get the word metamorphosis. So in English, it means to change or, in composition or structure. But in Greek, it means to be completely different. Metamorphosis is the biological process think back to fifth grade physical science, right? It's the biological process of a major change in the form of a structure of some animals or insects that happens as the animal or insect becomes an adult. It's to become something completely new. It's like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And here's the point. Transformation is something completely new. It has nothing to do with being unified with anything else except for being completely changed. Where conforming is unifying with something completely different. Transforming is becoming totally new. But what does the Apostle Paul say? We have to do. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So let's talk about the word renewal. The word renewal is a little easier to explain. Because I don't have to go into into some in-depth Greek study to explain what renewal is. Because you've all seen American Pickers. Or you've all seen Restored. Or American Restoration. You've all seen shows about restoration because it seems like people are really, really into turning junk into treasure. We really like turning junk into treasure. We really like things that are restored. We really like to be restored. And I'm here to tell you that God is into turning junk into treasure. Not junk, but our junk. God is into turning my junk into treasure. My past doesn't define me. 
Your past doesn't define me. You may have made mistakes, but God doesn't want to use it to destroy you. He wants to use it to make you new. But what does he say that we have to transform? It's by renewing our mind. And you know what absolutely blew me away? Was that Paul didn't say, by renewing your soul, Let that sit just for a second. Because some of you may have come in this morning and you may have thought, you know what, I'm going to change my soul today. I'm going I'm to do something good for my soul today. But no, 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 no. He said by renewing your mind. You know why I think he, he said that? Because it's not our part. It's not our responsibility to change our soul I've got good news for you today. It's not your responsibility to change your soul. That's what God does. Only God can change the soul. But it's your responsibility to change your mind. We change our mind, and God transforms our soul. Change your mind. And God will change your soul. But why? Why must we change our mind? Keep reading in verse 2. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. And what is good and acceptable and perfect. Here's one thing that I've learned as being a Christian. I've learned... That being a Christian doesn't mean the tests go away. It doesn't mean the trials go away. In fact, it means, and it doesn't even mean that I'm going to pass every test that God gives me. But it means that the testing will come. And the reason I must renew my mind is that by the testing you may discern you see that word discern it means to translate that I can translate the testing as being good as being the will of God as being acceptable as being perfect that the testing can be translated into perfection the apostle Paul earlier in the letter to the book of Rome, uh, to the to the Roman church in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 you see the letter wasn't written in chapters we we put chapters in there so that the, so that pe- preachers could preach about it <laughs> so you can look it up and you can find it but Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says and we know that those who love God All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Let me reread it. And we know that for those who love God, all testing works together for good. You see, we have to renew our mind every day so that we can interpret the testing as good. So that we can interpret the testing 
as pleasing, so that we can interpret the testing as working me into perfection. But we do it by being completely new, not conformed to the world, not conformed to ideas that we've been taught or, t- or ideas that, that the world has to offer, but by renewing our minds according to God's word so that we know that the testing is doing something in us to make us more like Jesus. I know that there's some people in this room that have been tested. I know with, with 100% certainty that there have been people in this room that have been tested. But I came here today to tell you that God has a purpose for it. God has a plan for it. And it's not, it's not the renewing your mind. It's you, you have to renew your mind. But the testing is for God to renew your soul, to make you completely new, to transform you into something that only he can make you. It's our desire at the refuge that people will learn to make Jesus Christ their refuge so that they never have to be overwhelmed by the storms of this life. So they never have to be overwhelmed by the testing of this life. You know how we do it? By renewing our mind. So that we can know that the storms of this life are making us more like Jesus. Do me a favor, stand to your feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're just about done. Before I, I get into to the, the closing prayer, I just want to just, just let you know that at the conclusion of every service, our prayer team is, is up here to pray with you. We want everyone to be able to pray with someone else. You don't, you don't have to pray alone. And so today on your right, you've got my friend Dave, and on your left, you've got my friend Elaine. If there's anything in your life that you need prayer for, they are available to you. We're going to sing a song in just a moment, and you're welcome to come forward in the middle of that song, during that song. You're not going to disrupt the service or anything like that. Just come forward and make your way to one of them, and they will pray with you during that song. But maybe some of you are here, and and you're just saying that I need transformed today. And I've thought that I transformed my life by being a good person. Or I thought that I transformed my soul by being good. Or I transformed my soul by doing this, doing that. But I want you to know today, you don't, you don't transform your soul. God does. And the way he does it is we give him our hearts. And he does the rest. All we have to do is give it to him. So let me ask. How many of you say, Pastor Adam, I need to give God my heart so he can transform it. 
Would you say that simply by raising your hand? Just raise it, raise it up, put it down. Thank you. I see that. I see that. Anybody else? Uh, Pastor Adam, I, I need to transform my heart. I need to allow God to transform my heart. I see that hand in the back. Anybody else? So one of the things that I like to do to transform my heart. Because, listen, this is a daily process. It has to happen daily. I have to, it's it's a daily commitment. Just like marriage is a daily commitment, our walk with Jesus is a daily commitment. And daily, I do this. I say this prayer out loud so that God can, 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 can transform my heart. And so this is what I want to do today. We haven't done this since being in this building. We, we did it at the old high school, well, in, in, uh, or at the high school. Um, but I want to do this today. The Bible says that it's the belief in your heart that's transformed you, not, not the words, not the prayer. It's the belief in the confession with your mouth, Romans, 8, or Romans uh, 10, 9, and 10. That if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So here's what I want to do today. Together, out loud, I want us to say this prayer. And when we're done, the team's going to sing a song. And if you want to come for prayer during that song, you're more than welcome to. And then we'll be done. Pray this prayer with me. Everyone out loud say, God, I love you. I know I need you. And because Jesus died for my sins, I can ask him to come into my life, transform me, and make me new. I give you my heart today the best way I know how. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give God some praise today. Come on.